may be seated.
trust Jesus. It's one we've sang uh, lots and you know it. It's going to go with the message tonight. And you know it seems like when we're walking with the Lord and the more that we get to him, it seems like really 
a lot of it comes right down to that one simple little question. Will I trust Jesus about this thing that's right in front of me, right? Just like Katie just sang, when I first started walking with the Lord, I didn't really trust him, right? Like I thought I did. I thought, oh, you know. But then we realize in our life, all of those places where we're still trying to do it ourselves, trying to rely on our own strength, as we're going to talk about tonight, leaning on our own understanding all the time. And if God doesn't seem to make sense to us, well, we're just not going to do that. We're not going to go through that door or walk that road because it just doesn't make sense. It, I, I don't understand it. But yet, what is he asking us to do? Trust Jesus. Yeah. And the longer we walk with the Lord, there's probably some folks in here that pops can tell us it always pays to trust Jesus. Amen. Yeah. And I know we're still learning those lessons and we, needed, we need to be reminded of it. And that's why this song is so good to just help us and remind us, yes, I can trust Jesus.
let's stand all together and sing that chorus together. Do that? We do that? All right, here we go. I can trust Jesus. I can trust Jesus. He never once has failed to meet my need. He my strong tower, the strength in my weakest hour. I can trust Jesus. He takes care of me. Amen. You may be seated. Yep. Amen. All right. I got, I want you to remember Wayne Dishman. Uh, we've been praying for him for a while. Uh, Aunt Lisa has been keeping us up. They put him on hospice. So let's be praying for him and for his whole family and for the church too. It really is taking its toll on the church as well. So let's be praying for him, lifting them up and that, and, and all of those, his family and all. I want you to turn with me tonight to Proverbs Proverbs 3. I want you to go there. Uh, I was just finishing up in the book of Zechariah, getting ready to preach out of the book of Micah, and last week was Youth Sunday. Last week was Youth Sunday. Robbie preached in the morning. I was supposed to preach in the evening, but we didn't get that far. You remember, right? Amen. Daryl remembers. I was there. He was there when it happened. He ought to know. But, uh, and uh, so we, uh, I had this message lined up for Youth Sunday, and I wanted to preach it. Obviously, I didn't get to. And instead of just going right into the book of Micah, I want to preach this message. It's directed at our youth, directed at our young people. But just like always, you might find something in it for you as well. Amen? And so uh, it's, this is so familiar. Uh, if you have spent any time in church, uh, even maybe just vaguely around the Word of God, you're going to have heard this verse more than likely. And so tonight I'm not coming to you to bring something new, something innovative in any way. I just want to give you a little bit of this scripture. I want us to give a touch of background. I want us to break down the proverb. Maybe it will help you as you study other Proverbs. Proverbs are an unusual, uh, interesting, and wonderful passages of Scripture. You know me, I believe that context is king, but what is a wonderful about the book of Proverbs is you can find a proverb in there that can legitimately stand all by itself. Mean what it means, says what it means, convey the information that it needs to convey in two verses, three verses, whatever, and then move right on. And so we're, we'll talk about that a little bit, but I want us to go to Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Let's stand tonight real quick. You were sitting for a while. Stand for a moment as we read those two verses, 
That'll wake you up, get you ready to hear the word of God. And I promise I will be uh, brief this evening. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, the Bible says this. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. So that's easy, right? You've heard that before. Verse 5, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity tonight to be uh, in your house with the word of God. Dear Lord, we're praying that you'll use it tonight. You know on my heart tonight is a very specific message for God's people, for those who are learning to lean, for those who are learning to trust Jesus. So many of those things that we've already mentioned in song tonight, we want them to echo in their heart because of the Word of God. So tonight, dear God, help us as we take just a moment to examine this passage of Scripture that is full of depth, but also has its meaning right on the surface, right there for us to take. Let us, dear God, take the Word of God at face value and let us be honest and true with it in our daily life. We pray that you'll help us in Christ's wonderful name we pray. Amen. I want to mention, and I forgot to because I had other things that, that got brought to me, but I do have a book. It's a book called Family Worship. It's by Donald S. Whitney. It's a short little book, 83 pages. It talks about family devotions, having family devotions. It's called, it's easy, Family Worship. Donald S. Whitney, small 83 pages, does an amazing book. Somebody recommended it to me from the congregation. I read it, absolutely wonderful. Number one, brings you a biblical reason why you should do family devotions. Then it shares with you great men of God over the years and their uh, uses of it. And then it gets super practical, absolutely wonderful. Deals with a lot of the objections that you read all the time. Oh, we're too busy. We don't have time. It's too boring. All of that stuff. He hits all of that and encourages you. And I love this about the book. Doesn't berate you because maybe you don't do family devotions. Amen. But encourages you on how you can get them accomplished in your house uh, and make them done. And I believe there's a reason God keeps putting these books in front of me about family worship. The family is important. Amen? We believe the family is that key ingredient that makes our church strong, and we want to keep preaching that and encourage our families to be amazing families. Amen? So go get that book if you want to have, I think uh, Kelly put it on Facebook already so you could see it there as a recommendation, or come see me after. I'll make sure that you know how to get it. So remember that book right there. Okay, Proverbs chapter 3, 5 and 6. Let's get back on point, right? So I want you to notice this about the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is broken down into several different kinds of Proverbs and several different Proverbs that are written to different people. It's important that you know that so that when you read the proverb that you are using, that you properly know how to interpret it and bring it into your life uh, and into your interpretation. 
it goes pretty quickly. The, the first uh, several chapters are to sons, and it is stuff that Solomon wrote down for his sons and for his children. It's praise and wisdom. I love those passages in the book that speak of how good it is to gain wisdom, to get wisdom, to bring God's word into your life, into your heart. It talks at an extent about the folly of sin. Listen at that one real quick. The folly of sin. Just in case you might have fell prey to something that Satan has told you, a lie that he made you believe, but guess what? If you sin, it will have its consequences in your life, and nine times out of ten, you won't like them, right? Okay? It's folly to follow the sin of this world. It's folly to follow what Satan has for you. If you sin, it will bear its consequences in your life, and more than likely, you will not like them. It's folly. And then we have the warnings that are then uh, there, warnings and, and instructions, excuse me. Then we have the words of Agar and the words of Lemuel. That puts those things together. The section that we are falling under tonight are those that are Solomon to his sons. Solomon to his sons. Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, amen, is imparting wisdom to his children and to his sons. We might ought to listen to that, amen? I'm not going to talk a whole lot because I want us to go right where we're going. But I want to bring this to you. When we look at a proverb, when we look at what it means and what it brings, it's interesting. I feel like a lot of people, when they're, when they're preaching uh, or when they're teaching or maybe when they're putting their stuff together, they want to kind of catch that phrase or catch that thing that could almost be like a proverb. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm not berating preachers that do this, uh, and I'm not berating their system or whatever. That's fine. But maybe you see the picture of a preacher, and it's up there, and then there's like a line out of his sermon that's kind of highlighted that they put in there on social media or on something like that, right? And it's something that hopefully caught your eye or caught, you know, uh, you or sounds good as it rolls off the tongue and all of that stuff that they put up there. Well, all of that great wisdom, all of that great discernment that they have in the Word of God is never as good as the Proverbs that God Himself has given us in the Word of God. This is the wisdom that He said, I want you to hold on to. This is the wisdom that I believe that you can take to the bank. It's going to work over and over and over again. It's tried. It's true. It worked in times past, and now it will work for you. I already told you that I'm gearing this towards young people. Young people, I want you to listen right here. Don't get too arrogant in thinking that you have it all figured out. The wisdom of your elders and the wisdom of the Word of God that has been worked out through trial and error and sometimes through great trial and great error is so much wiser than anything that your short-lived, unexperienced life has ever gone through. Again, not trying to berate you, just trying to say that there is some tried and true wisdom in the Word of God. I can go to it. These aren't just proverbs that, 
that somebody thought up that rolled off the tongue good and had a nice saying. These are the truths that God himself has endorsed. And he said they have worked in times past, and guess what? They will work for you. It's good for us to look at those things, to look at them and understand them, bring them into our life, and give them the respect that they are due. Delmer already tonight was preaching for us during cantata practice. You might not know, but we had preaching during cantata practice. And Delmer was saying and giving us an illustration of how dangerous it was for somebody to not take the word of God literally and openly. And Wednesday night, we preached that whole thing up one side and down the other. And man, if we don't believe it literally, it's open for private interpretation and it's open for fool's errands uh, and it's open to just say, well, that applied to them. You know, that was for them. This part's for me now. No, the word of God is still good for all times and we can take it at face value. Amen? We still believe that strongly. We look at this and we say, this is the word of God. This is brought to us. Our fathers have tried this stuff and it worked for them. And we can see in our church, amen, those that are successful in the Christian life. I don't mean that, they've, uh, that they, you know, are the most successful monetarily or whatever. I'm talking about the ones that are faithful, that have joy in their family, that have peace and contentment in their walk in life and are finding the blessing of God all throughout it. They come to this book and you can ask them and they'll say, yep, it's this stuff right here that made the difference. God's been faithful. God's been true. That's a lot of introduction, but you're okay with it because the sermon's going to be so short. Three quick points, I promise. How could it not be short when you're expounding a passage as easy as this? So I want us to look at these couple of things real quick. All I want to do is go to our passage scripture, verse 5 and 6. I think I'm going to give you my outline before we go so that you can... Uh, also have it in your mind because I want it to work on, on a couple of different levels. I want it to work on this level first, that when you come to a proverb, there are some rules that you can use as you interpret it and not even so much interpret it. I really want to say as you apply it to your life and try to glean the truth of it. And so when we look at these, they're going to have that effect that you can almost apply these to almost any proverb. But then secondly, we'll use them to break down our own proverb that we're dealing with tonight, and you'll see how they both work together. And so the outline will go like this. Number one, we'll see the competing thoughts, the competing thoughts in our proverb. Number two, we will see the cause and effect in our proverb. And then number three, we will see the clarity of our proverb. We'll see the clarity of our proverb. So let's start out with number one. Number one, we see the competing thoughts that take place in a proverb. So many times when you come to a proverb and when you come to something like this from the Word of God, you're going to find that there are two things that are kind of at odds with each other. And the, and the writer of the proverb will often bring them to it and he will compare one with the other and show you, as it were, here's where you're going to face a dilemma. Here's where you're going to face a situation that your decision needs to be made and that you're looking at two different things. You will see 
competing thoughts. Are you ready? Here is the competing thought in what we have in verse number 5 and verse number 6. Watch this. Here's the competing thought. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and do not what? Do not lean on your own understanding. So there is the competing thought. Number one, you are going to find that in your life there is a competition that's going on. And the competition that's going on is whether or not you're going to trust in the Lord with all your heart or whether or not you're going to lean on your own understanding. Have you got that one right there? It's not difficult. The, listen, we're not doing rocket science here. The difficulty is in the application, right? Right the way through. Because just like we talked about right there, the difficulty finds itself absolutely 100% in the application. Every bit of your human nature is going to want to say, I don't understand what's going on over there. Let's do what I understand. Right? You know that's true, don't you? In your daily life and what's going on, uh, this might not be the best illustration, but I'm going to go ahead and use it. When we are practicing instruments, you know what we tend to do as those that play instruments? We practice the same stuff because it's what we're good at and, it, and it's what we know. It's what we understand. Right, Katie? And guess what? We don't ever get any better because we just play the same old stuff. I found myself in those ruts many, many times. I'm not a great musician by any stretch of the imagination. But guess what? I don't seem to get better because when I sit down with my guitar, I play the songs I already know. Why? Because I understand that. I know it. It's what's familiar. It's what I like. And I never push past to the next part to move to something different that I don't understand. Why? Because it makes me uncomfortable. And I don't want to do that. And I'm not very good at it, right? And I don't look as like such a great guitar player all of a sudden when I'm trying that stuff that I can't do. I get frustrated and I want to put it down and I'm done with it. And our Christian life oftentimes looks, looks very much the same. We get in a comfortable rut of our Christianity, of what is comfortable to us, what makes sense to us, what has appeased us before, what makes us feel okay about where we are with God, and we walk in that little place. And God is constantly saying, I want you to go further. I'm going to kick you out of your comfort zone. I want you to do more. I want you to lean on me more. I want you to understand me more. I want you to trust me more. And invariably, I'm just going to put it this way, that means God's going to have to scare you more for you to trust him more. It gets tough. And what we want to do is just lean on our own understanding. So we have competing thoughts. This idea is found all throughout the word of God. You're going to move throughout the Old Testament where the Jewish people are constantly leaning on their own understanding and not trusting the Lord after he's told them to and the children of Israel fall into sin and then God has to bring them back out. A cycle of sin. Junior taught us that the other night from his Bible classes. Luke didn't even know it. Junior taught it to him. He said, Dad, did you know that the Jewish people lived in a cycle of sin? I said, yeah, I did know that, Junior. Luke said, what are you talking about? He was right. Anyway, and so we see them going through that cycle of sin. And then when we get to the New Testament, 
we see the veil lifted even more that the spirit and the flesh, right, are wrestling inside of you. And the spirit says, won't you trust God a little bit more today? And the flesh says, don't do that. That don't make no sense. What, go witness to people about Jesus? That don't make no sense. What, give 10% of your money to the church? What, that don't make no sense. What, do, you know, go out and, and work at your church when you could be doing this or that? That don't make sense. What, bring your family to church? There's a whole lot more stuff. That doesn't make any sense. And your flesh is constantly saying, trust me, trust me. And you're like, well, you know, that does make sense. But Jesus is saying, I know this looks different. I know this doesn't act, seem to make any sense to you, but would you trust me? Would you walk over here? And instead of leaning on your understanding, why don't you trust me for just a moment? And those competing thoughts are always moving through it. And what are we going to do? What are we going to do with them? You're going to see that so often. Not always. It's not a hard and fast rule. But oftentimes as you study a proverb, you're going to find a competing thought. It's good to locate that and see the truth that's boiling out of it. i got to hurry. I didn't mean to do that one that long. Number two, you're going to see a cause and effect. Watch this. In verse number six, In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Notice that. I used to say this to my kids all the time. God is not obligated in one bit to direct your paths unless you are acknowledging him. We're looking for God's direction. How many people... Come to, come to me as a pastor. Maybe even come to you, uh, Delmer and Dad and other men of God in here. I just want to know God's will for my life. Well, are you living for Him? Are you following Him every day? Are you acknowledging Him in every aspect of your life? Well, guess what? He's told you He'll direct your paths. He'll put you in the right direction. It will not be a mystery what God wants you to do if you will acknowledge Him every day in everything that you're doing. But outside of that, he has no responsibility. He has no obligation. He is not looking for it. And so we hear us, we see a simple cause and effect. And I would tell you young people, right now, start making it a practice in your life of acknowledging God in everything that you're doing. Everything. You're studying for a test, pray to God about that test. God, help me remember. Don't say, God, help me to remember all the stuff I didn't study, okay? God, help me to remember what I studied. Help me to have my mind clear in there. God, what classes should I take in school? What would be beneficial for you? Lord, what should I do when it comes to this situation in school? I've got somebody this, that, whatever. You fill in the example. I don't want to preach about all that stuff. I'm just saying that it becomes a step, a process in your daily life that as you go through stuff and you are looking at situations in your life that you acknowledge God in dealing with that situation. As I've already talked about, if you will acknowledge God and look to God, you will be the smartest person in the room. I believe that. And I'm going to stand by that statement for a long time. You will, your wisdom will outshine those and will look different than the world's if you will follow the word of God as you go forward. And the book of uh, Proverbs has tons of it. The book of Proverbs is filled with it. If you're a young person who can take advice 
from older folks and not have to learn the hard way, you'll be miles ahead of so many people. Miles ahead. Because most, I don't know, some of us that teach kids in here, 90% of the young people I run into only learn the hard way, right? <laughs> Thank you. I got some good amens over there. I think some of them that did some learning the hard way are wising up. Amen? Amen. And so we look at it and we say, guess what? I can look at this and say, if I will take the word of God, if I will acknowledge God in what I'm doing, I'm miles ahead, I'm smarter, I'm moving forward, and I find that he's already there directing my paths. Oftentimes, there is a cause and effect for following God's word that will absolutely shine out in our life and be a promise, be a proverb, be a truth that we can hold on to and say, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to move forward, taking your advice. And if you'll notice, those two kind of go together. We don't often look at it that way, but they go together in all of my ways, acknowledging him, right? Not, not leaning on my own understanding, bringing his wisdom and his knowledge into the equation and guess what? Then he goes, watch, go this way. You see how simple that actually is? Go this way, because that's what his word's telling you to do. Go this way. Now, now I'm going to be done, all right? And then the clarity of it, the clarity of it. It is not ambiguous in any way, is it, what this passage of Scripture means. I know you might be thinking, Mike, you preached for 20 minutes trying to explain it, and yet you're telling us it's not, easy, it's not hard to understand. But it's not, is it? Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Everything. I love this, and we didn't even talk about it because I didn't have that time, but, but we don't lean, and I love this so much, we don't lean on our heart. We lean on his heart. We trust his heart. Following our heart is a dangerous way. Kenny Baldwin talks about that all the time, and I love it. Your heart's desperately wicked, right? Who can know it? But you know whose heart you can follow? His heart. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And it's looking at, it, at our heart and trust in his heart and not in our own understanding. Looking that his heart would become our heart, that it would be one in there. And then he says it, it's easy. Trust in all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct thy paths. I want to say this, and I'm going to be done. The proverb itself, the proverb itself is is right there on the surface. But at the same time, its depth is also there that you can memorize it and you can keep saying it to yourself and you're going to find that it's got unusual depth, that you're going to find more truth out of it, more truth in it. It's going to bring things to light that you're going you're to be living your life and you're going to go, wow. In all thy ways, acknowledge it. You're going to be living your life. Come across those situations where you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't lean on my understanding. Let's go to the word of God here. You're going to find that, that the depth, that the simplicity of it is where the depth is actually found. I'm going to tell our young people this. We already said it. Don't be arrogant. Don't be, don't be foolhardy, as it were with the age, with the wisdom of our, of our elders. 
And you know what I found? And I hate to admit this, but I know I'm getting older too. I'm a grandpa. I'm all those things. It's wonderful though. But it really is, as I get older, really, really simple things in life that bring the most pleasure in life. Isn't that amazing? I was reading a book that I hadn't read in a long, long time, and I was just enjoying that book, simple little book. And at the end of the book, the man said, it's amazing how much, and you'll excuse, but this was his line in the book, not mine, but he said, it's amazing how much I enjoy a good fire and my pipe. And it's the simple things of life that start to just have this depth that we completely miss as young people. I guess I'm telling you this, young people, have a little bit of an old soul in you. A little bit of something that can see the beauty in the simple things. And young people run around so often trying to be deep and trying to be profound and trying to speak these depths of truth. And old people are going, man, they're so silly. They're so foolish. When it's the laughter of a child that can be the best thing in the world. When it's simple things like the love of family and the sincerity of those looks and longings to be with. That those simple things have the greatest depth. God's word is in no way lacking and understanding that it is the simple things that bring the greatest depth. The book of Proverbs is profound. Are we going to use it? Can we use it? Young people, please use it. Use it and be wise in the eyes of the Lord. Every head bowed, every eye closed. They come and prepare a hymn of invitation this evening. Maybe you're here tonight as a young person and you just know you got a couple areas in your life. Where you say, you know what, I know I am not acknowledging God in that area. I'm doing good over here, but this one, man, I've been trusting myself. Maybe you just need to get on the altar and say, God, help me in this area to be Bible, to seek your face, to let you direct my paths, not to be bullheaded, not to be brash and arrogant, but say, God, Please direct my paths. I know I need you on this one. Maybe there's that one area. Maybe you're here and you're an adult. And that's that one little area that you just need to work hard in. And you're like, Lord, I know I got to give this over to you. Isn't it simple? Can you trust him with that? You know you can. I know it's scary. I know it's outside of your realm. But will you, will you let him have it? Dear Heavenly Father, be with us tonight. Our invitation, thank you for the word of God that it is punctual. Hmm. It's prolific. Wow. How we love your God. And it is absolutely provides everything we need. Lord, help us tonight. Use your word in a mighty way. Christ's name we pray, amen. As we stand and sing. the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure that He would give His only Son to make 
It was my sin that 